Thanks for joining us online today. We are really glad you're here. Core Church is a place of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. And if you don't have a church home, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. And if we can help you in any way through prayer or support, we want to encourage you to use the links that are in the description. Thanks for joining us, and we pray this message both encourages and inspires you. Merry Christmas. If you will uh, just remain standing, we're going to read some scripture together. And if you want to get a head start, I'm going to be in Isaiah chapter 9 today. Isaiah chapter 9, that's a a popular uh, passage at this time of year from the Old Testament. Um, If you do not have a Bible, we have free ones in in the lobby. So if you'd like a free Bible, just go and take one. We also have journals out there, Lord's Prayer Guide. You can take those and use those to begin your, your time with Jesus. Um, one of our core practices is daily devotions. And uh, this week we have um, a special reading plan. You'll find that on Version. That's another great app you can download, Version or Bible Hub. So if you want one on your phone, I actually used Bible Hub this morning on my phone um, as I was reading about the Magi. And I was like, I want to learn about the Magi. And I used that app and it helped me to learn more about the Magi, the wise men, the whatever you want to call it, three kings, whatever the song says. You know, I mean, there's so many different ways they're identified. Uh, but that, that apps, they're, they're just helpful. And if they'll help you, I encourage you to download them and, and use them. So we're in this series called Christmas Lights. Anybody like Christmas lights? How many of you actually put Christmas lights on your house this year? How many of you did not raise your hand? We want to shame you right now in church. That is disappointing. Disappointing. I... No, I love, I love just, I, there's just something about when you drive down your street and there's lights, it just makes there's something about light. And we see throughout scripture, God is referenced as light. And so we've been talking about this the past few weeks. And today, what I want to talk to you about is a promise from Isaiah. A light has come. A light has come. So Isaiah, if you're new to the scriptures, this is out of the Old Testament, Isaiah, one of the uh, most famous prophets in the Old Testament. And if you don't, if you're uh, if you're new to church and you don't know what a prophet is, that's okay. It's just basically the preacher in their day. They would get a word from the Lord and they would bring it back to the people. Most of the time, they were afraid of the prophet <laughs> because he would come back with a word that was like pretty pretty intense about how, calling them back to God. So Isaiah, though, received many prophecies about the coming Messiah. The, The nation of Israel knew a Messiah was coming to save them. It's probably the most famous of all of them. Uh, It's out of Isaiah chapter 9. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. And it says this, Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Wow. Man, encourage somebody next to you and say, Hey, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled. There's going to be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness are going to see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Somebody say, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder for they will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. 
You're going to break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. And here's one of the most famous passages that we see on cards and we hear read at this time of year. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Today I want to talk to you about a light will shine. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you for this season. And it's just thank you. Thank you for the Advent season and the series and focusing us on the light of Christ. And thank you for family. And I just encourage you right now in this moment, maybe you're, you're, a lot of you are sitting by family, a lot of family traveling from out of town or you just get together and y'all come to church together. It's just such a beautiful moment. Just uh, take a moment. Can I give you just a moment just to thank God for your family? Even the difficult ones. I mean, just, <laughs> these are the people that God gave you to help shape you into who you are. This season is about family. This season is about the joy of family. And thank you, Father, for this church family. And would you speak to us through the power of your spirit today in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. amen. All right, you can be seated. It, it is just crazy that another year has passed. I mean, we are, in one week, we're staring down 2024. I, I don't know how you process the new year. Um, Laura, I, I'm, a, I'm a planner. Laura's a partier. Okay, that's... Her job is to blow up all of my plans. That's, that's what her existence of 40 years of marriage have been. I've got the plan, and she's going to blow it up with a party. Any party people in the house? Any? Okay. Where's my planners? You, you can't hear them because they're busy taking notes. That's what they're doing, preparing for the greatness of the new year. I mean, I get amped up. I do. I, I get so jazzed. Laura would attest to this. I, I, I'm just, because I'm thinking about plans and future hopes and dreams. I'm, I'm, I want to do this, and here's, here's what I want to accomplish in the new year. You know, new year, new me. That's what I'm hoping for. And so um, as I look back on 2023, I, I mean, I was excited. I, at the beginning of the year, I, I got a, a thing called a full focus planner. This thing, every day you write down gratitude and goals and the win of the day. And, and then every quarter you come back around and you see how you did. And I'm like, oh, it's going to change my life. And Laura and I, we went to a, a financial conference, a, a little seminar, and and I think we do pretty good financially, but we're like, we're going to kind of shape up our finances and we're going to, you know, restructure our budget a little bit. We're going to do a little more investing in the new year. So go to this conference. And, uh, and then I, I downloaded a sleep app. So I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw this ad that said, learn more, you know, and anytime you see that, you know, it's got to be good. So don't they just sucker you in on that? You're like, well, sleep it is going to help me sleep better. And look, LeBron James uses it. I mean, man, 
So I did, and I downloaded the app, and I was like, this app is amazing. It's amazing. Like, it tells you your sleep rhythms and your patterns and when you should go to bed and when you should wake up and, and, and when you're in REM sleep. And then it monitors you while you sleep to see how well you're sleeping. It tells you how to prepare for bed. I'm like, oh, I am going to be wide awake in 2023. I was so pumped about that. And then I, I was like, I'm going to get healthy. Now, not lose weight. You know, this year I've been preaching about the Valley of Dry Bones. If I were to lose weight, I would be the sermon illustration for the Valley of Dry Bones, okay? I literally cannot drop another pound or I will blow away in the Oklahoma wind. But I was like, I'm gonna gonna get healthy. And I'm, I'm just so jazzed because I look back at 2023 and I think about that full focus planner and um, I lost focus somewhere in February. My gratitude goals win. I never made it to the first quarter. I never, never got there. Um, we went to the financial seminar, the conference, and uh, you know we were all ready to go. And and what we discovered at that seminar is we're broke people. We are, we're broke. We have nothing to put towards more investments. What were we thinking? And then the sleep app that I downloaded, I, the, the sleep app, all it did was showed me that I have sleep apnea. That's what. I got to eating healthy. I'm gonna, I was doing great until y'all invited me to your Christmas party. Who can resist peppermint bark, peanut brittle, those little cookies that have the, the, the powdered sugar on them? I mean, I was at one party. They actually had celery and carrot sticks. <laughs> what is that about? Like, who's going to be hitting that thing? No, Nobody. Our word for 2023 as a church has been new beginnings. And we believe that God wants to move you from this Ezekiel 37 valley of dry bones and he wants to move you into an Isaiah 43 season of new beginnings. Do you, do you remember back on Vision Day in January when we talked about that word and, and you thought about the new beginnings that you desired? So many of you, uh, you have fractured relationships. You are believing God that he was gonna heal those relationships. You, you have, you know the word broke, you get it. I mean, you've been broke, you're financially upside down and you're like, but this is going to be the year that God's going to help me to, to get financially free. Or many of you put down that the career and the job you were in was just um, mindless. Um, it was a dead end job. It was taking you nowhere, but you had no way to get out of it. Others dealing with loneliness, friendships, and have friendships, or praying for a spouse or somebody that could come alongside them, people dealing with depression and anxiety, many of you dealing with these horrific sinful habits that you desperately want to break. And so you, you, you make that commitment. Now, I'm believing God for my new beginning. And then you, and then you got to July, <laughs> halfway through the year. You don't have your new beginning, but you know, you're like, hey, but you know, there's still six months to go. We're good. We're good. Then you got to October and you're like, well, okay, it's getting a little tight. <laughs> There's still 90 days. Um, God, I'm still going to believe for my, for my new beginning. And now here you sit on Christmas Eve. One week from the new year. And you're saying like, where, where is this new beginning? Like, where is it? Like, in, in your life, there's really probably... It's gotten a little bit darker. It's not, the light isn't shining like you hoped it would. There's so, there's so many 
unmet expectations that you're looking at going into the new year. Isaiah here in this prophecy, he said, this is, this is why the Messiah came. This is, this is why Jesus came. He came for those who feel trapped in darkness. He came for you if, you, if you're waiting on your new beginning, he came for you. Let's look at the, the scripture. In verse one of, of this prophecy, Isaiah says, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Somebody say, that's good news. That is, that's good news. Come on. It's not gonna go on forever. Laura and I are getting ready to, um, right after the service today, we're getting in a car and we're driving to Michigan. Uh, our kids are already there, Aunt Mary, Grandma Evelyn, you see absent on the front row. Uh, they're already there, they're waiting on us. But um, I'm excited because all of our kids are gonna be there. It's just everybody, and it's just fun to have family together. And it's my oldest son, he has a little hobby farm there, and it's Michigan, maybe some snow. I'm like, woohoo! going to be so great. I'm excited except for one thing. The drive is 13 hours. <laughs> Leaving here, driving 13 hours. Some of you have already kind of done that drive for the holiday, or maybe you're going to be doing that same drive like I am. And when you get on that, that trip, it, the first hour, you're pumped. You're excited, aren't you? I mean, really, you're like, all right, here we go. Whoa, this is exciting. We're doing it, Harry. We're really doing it. There's my Dumb and Dumber people right there. All right. It's my favorite Christmas movie. Favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> but then you get to like um, hour three and the snacks that were supposed to last 13 hours, uh, the kids have all eaten within the first three. Like they're just gone. All the snacks are just gone. They've watched every movie. They've, thrown their, they've lost their phone somewhere. You don't even know where it is. By the time you get to hour seven, the bell has tolled. You're like... You know, I could just leave them here at this truck stop. I could, hey, they have Slim Jims and Slurpees. They'll be fine. I could come back around and, and pick them up. And it's just, it feels like you're never gonna get there. That's what's happening for so many of you when it comes to your new beginning. You're amped up, you're excited. When you think about the opportunity of something changing and something new coming into your life and you, you've, you've been going throughout the year and waiting and waiting, but as you've been waiting, it's, it's this idea that darkness and despair, as Isaiah says, it has, has kind of set in. You've become overwhelmed. I mean, you're tired. You're putting on the holiday cheer, let's be honest. You're, just, you're, you're, you're acting the part, but deep inside, you're just you're just exhausted and you're like, I don't even know if I can <laughs> muster this up anymore. I don't know if I can, I can go on. God's promise to you through the prophet Isaiah is that the time of darkness and despair will end. It will end. It will not go on forever. Would you encourage two people around you and tell them it will not last forever? This will not last forever. In fact, look at verse two. He says this, the people who walk in darkness will what? Say it with me, what? See a great light. Not just any light, a great light. And when, when he said that, who was he talking about? The Messiah. He's talking about Jesus here being that great light. 
light, and the light will shine. Excuse me, the, the people who walk in darkness are going to see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, what? A light will shine. If you're walking in a season of darkness and despair, this is your promise. A light will shine. That's a promise from the Lord for you. Some of you need to write that down. That needs to be your mantra until God comes through with his promise. Is he going to do it in 2023? I don't know. Is he going to do it in 2024? I don't know. I don't know when it's going to happen, but our God is faithful. Can somebody give him some praise for those who are hurting, those who are struggling right now? Can you let him know? A great light will shine. I'd like for you to write that down. If you're new, there are some sermon notes in your chair back. And if you're brand new, everybody here at Core Church takes notes. Everybody, including Curtis Neal on the front row. I mean, everybody <laughs> writes stuff down most of the time. A light will shine. Not just any kind of light. You remember a few weeks ago, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. Jesus is the great light. So one of Jesus' disciples, a young guy named John, and uh, he walked with Jesus during his ministry, and then he wrote down some thoughts and some things about Jesus' life. And in his gospel, John chapter 1, verse 5, he said this, the light and when he said the light, again, he means the great light. He means Jesus. The light shines in the darkness. It, it shines into the darkness of a fractured relationship. It shines into the darkness of your financial bankruptcy. It shines into the light of depression and anxiety and loneliness and despair. His light shines in even into those dark places that we try to hide that we want no one else to know about because of the sin that overwhelms us with shame and regret and condemnation. His light shines into that darkness to set us free. This is who our God is. The light shines in the darkness and say it with me, what? The darkness can never extinguish it. We see this throughout Jesus' life. His light shined in the darkness, and the, and the darkness never extinguished it. Right, right here at his birth, Jesus was born at night. He was born into the darkness, literally born into the darkness. The light came into the darkness, and the, the story from Luke's account tells us that there's these shepherds, and, and they were in a field in the darkness, watching their fields. They were nearby, and then these angels in their glory appeared to them, and, and it says this in Luke 2.9, the radiance, the, the light of the Lord's glory surrounded them. In other words, God's great light illuminated the entire nighttime sky. Night immediately became day in a heartbeat, in a second, in the snap of a finger. That's how quickly God can change your circumstance and your situation. You feel like you're in that forgotten field. In the dark, where's God? Why, what's happening in my life? Can I tell you a great light will shine? That's the promise of our God. 33 years later, he's a man. 
He's been doing ministry for about three years at this point. And he goes to this garden at night, darkness, to pray. We know that this is the moment in which he would be betrayed and he would be arrested. His disciples did not know that. And he's praying in the garden. If you don't know that story, you should read it because what's fascinating is that Jesus, Messiah, Son of God, majesty, glory, and splendor is in deep agony and grief. Like he himself is struggling because he knows the cross and what lays ahead of him. And he's, he's, his heart is breaking and he's weeping and he's asking and begging God, is there, is there another way? Can you, can you do this another way? And about the time that he was, he was praying, over 500 soldiers showed up to arrest him. They came looking for Jesus. And again, John, the disciple we spoke about just a few moments ago, he, he remembers this event in John 18, 6, that Jesus said this, I am he, and they all drew back, and they what? Fell to the ground. Think about this. The soldiers all had torches, but remember, Jesus is the great light. And at the light and at the sound of his voice, darkness has to bow. Darkness has to bow to the light. Man, maybe that just describes you. You think about Jesus in the garden, you're like, that's right where I'm at. God, is there just, could you, can you, can you do something about this? This is, this is really, really heavy. Like everybody around me is celebrating because that's what was happening, by the way. In the midst of all this is what's weird is that in the middle of all of this, there was a celebration going on outside of the garden. The Jewish people were having this big party and celebration. So this big party and celebration is going on and Jesus is isolated in the dark in a garden and, and he's weeping and he's experiencing deep grief. Some of you, that's exactly where you're at. There's this big celebration of Christmas happening all around you. She can barely hear it because of the grief, because how deep you feel it right now. Can I give you the promise, the promise that he has for you? A light will shine. A light will shine. A light will shine. A light will shine. The light will, it's going to shine for you. As a pastor, it's hard sometimes because I'm so privy to everybody's pain. <laughs> and I just look around this room and um, I just make eye contact with you and I, you know, and, and, I, and, and I know. We just know. And um, I just want you to hold that promise. Just grab on to, to, to everything. It's when I was with Brandon and Paulina last night and their family and David. I, I just said, hold on to Jesus and never let him go. I just want to say that to you today. If that's where you're at, hold on to Jesus. Never let him go. Come on, encourage. Could you encourage somebody? Uh, just tell them next to you or behind you or in front of you. Just tell them, hold on to Jesus. Hold on to Jesus. You gotta, you gotta hold on. <laughs> you gotta hold on. He is 
the great light and a light will shine. So Jesus is arrested and he's beaten, he's mocked, he's ridiculed. There's a mock trial and he's falsely accused and he goes to the cross and he's hanging on that cross and the the scripture tells us that darkness covered the land. Again, Jesus finds himself the great light in the midst of darkness. Are you catching the theme here of Jesus' life? He came into the darkness. He came into your darkness. He came into my darkness. And what we know in that moment is that darkness fell. Jesus gave up his spirit and he said, it is finished. And he breathed his last. Can you imagine that moment for his disciples and his followers? They're like, hey, wait, hold on a second. They don't know about this resurrection. They've heard about it, but they don't understand it. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not how it's supposed to end. They're disillusioned. They're wondering what's happening. They're grieving. They're they're overwhelmed. They're, They're in darkness and they're in despair. Many of you have have experienced this. Earlier this year, um, we handed out sticky notes during one of our services, and I asked you to write down uh, the great regret of your life, the shame that you dealt with, and the and the condemnation that you were overwhelmed by, things that maybe people know and knows about. And I asked you to write those things down and then to uh, bring them and place them here on the altar, and you did that. And um, I was pretty overwhelmed, to be honest with you. I've seen a lot, and I thought I'd seen it all. A lot of pain in this room. This is the people, if you're new, this, this is the people of Core Church, and these are some of the things that were written on these sticky notes. I the regret, I drank myself into divorce. I was unfaithful in my marriage. Several said abortion, 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 pornography, showing my kids the party lifestyle, darkness and despair, no hope. A few weeks ago, we had a series on prayer, and I asked you to write down your, your prayer pressure points. Where is it you're feeling overwhelmed? Where is it you just don't know that, I mean, just the weight of it is so heavy that you say, these are the top three pressure points, and we had hundreds of cards that were turned in, and so many of them had the same theme. One said, I, I want to be a, a godly role model for my family. Many of them said debt and finances. Um, then, then we got this one here. Number one, Sooners. What? Actual prayer card turned in from somebody here at Court Church. The weight of the world that's on them is the Sooners. <laughs> then politics and health. Perhaps number one and number two um, are the cause of number three. Perhaps. <laughs> you know, if you just turned off the TV, all of those would take care of themselves right there. Crazy. But we are praying for those Sooners, aren't we? Boomer? Okay, all right, all right. Orange? That's my people. That's my people. I mean, both of y'all are all my people. I just. Somebody else said, many of them said jobs and just being happy. Like, just just being happy. Overwhelmed. Uh, Forgiving my mother. Grief. The voices in my head. Restoration of my family. My marriage. 
my mental health, depression, again, darkness and despair. And if you find that you, that's, that's where you're at today, remember the promise I'm trying to give you today is this, a, a light will shine. A light will shine. Somebody say, a light will shine. Because it did after that crucifixion. Matthew, one of his disciples, said it this way, gave the account, said early on Sunday morning, day like today. You, by the way, if you wonder why we worship on Sundays, why Sunday? This is why we worship on Sunday. Why do we worship on Sunday mornings? You ever wonder why Sunday mornings? The reason we worship on Sunday mornings is because that's what the early Christians did. They gathered on Sunday morning. That's why we have a core practice of Sunday worship. It's why we're not just here on Christmas. We're here every, every week. Every Sunday, all of us, we're all gathered. Like if you're from out of town or you're new, we actually do this every week. It's crazy. But all these people show up every single week, set everything in the world aside, and say, no, I'm not, I'm not caught up in the world. The world doesn't, have, doesn't own me. No, 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 no. This is the day my Savior was raised from the grave. I'm going to show up every week to give him praise and give him glory and give him honor for what he's done. That's what we do early on Sunday morning. Say this with me, as the new day was dawning. In other words, a light will shine. An angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. I love that picture right there. Like, what is that? Get that mental image. Like, they rolled this massive stone to try to keep Jesus confined, and an angel's like, ah, I laugh at you came and just sat on it. What does that mean? God has power and authority over death and anything and everything you could ever face in this lifetime. That's who our God is. His face, it shone like what? Lightning. Like it was a great light shining into the darkness of the grave. The darkness of the grave. You're getting the theme here. Jesus, shining light. Into the darkness, and the guards, the guards, they shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Darkness could not contain the light. The light shines, and demons shake. That's how it works. The light shines, demons shake. The enemy flees because he is the great light. Let's go back to Isaiah's prophecy. He says it this way in Isaiah 9 4. You're going you're to break the yoke of their slavery. And the Israelites knew something about this because they had not been that far removed from slavery and they knew that they had been once slaves in Egypt and they had been yoked with the oppression of the Egyptians and they, they knew what it was like to be in, enslaved and, and now here they are enslaved again. So Isaiah is given this prophecy in the middle of them being enslaved, the Babylonians and on and on and on, conquering them over and over again. Do you ever, you ever feel that? You ever feel like, like you get through one thing and then you get beat up by something else? You just get through that one thing, you're like, yes, the light shined. Yes, praise God. And then, bam, <laughs> the enemy comes in again to shackle you in the slavery of the darkness. He ain't ever going to relent on you, by the way. He's never going to give up on you. That's why you need Jesus. Come on, tell three people around you, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. Come on, turn to that uncle that's here from out of town, and you go, you need Jesus. You, you, my friend, you need Jesus. He's going to break the yoke of their slavery and say it with me, lift the heavy burden. 
Can we just take a moment and breathe that in? That heavy burden that you're feeling. Wow. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that from you. Wow, praise be to God. He's gonna lift it off of our shoulders. Laura, um, whenever she goes grocery shopping and comes home from grocery shopping, she walks in the house, I always hear the same thing. Hey, can you help me unload the car? What that means is, hey, go unload the car. That's what that, that means. And I'm like, hey, kind of watching the game here, you know. That doesn't play, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the game, Laura's shopping. Now, I do do things, by the way. I do help around that. Some of you are new and you don't know. You're like, man, does he not do it? Is that all he does? Sit around and watch while his wife does everything? No, I do stuff. Laura, tell them I do stuff. I, I do stuff. I do I do stuff. So um, I long for the good old days, though, when Laura would say that, and I go, absolutely, honey. Kids! I miss those times. They're all grown and gone. Now I'm just like, hey, Aunt Mary, Grandma Evelyn, chop, chop. Get out there and get them bags. <laughs> They're not here to defend themselves, so that's okay. Oh, man. But I, I don't know how you do it, but um, I'm a one-trip kind of guy. Um, I do not, I cannot do molten. You ever open it up, you're like, whoa, wow, is, is it Armageddon happening? Is Snowmageddon coming? What all, do we, do we need all of this stuff? And I don't want to do multiple trips. I'm, anybody, you're just a one-trip person? Okay, there's my people, okay. So I will load them up my arms, you know, like, like the guy at the Mexican restaurant bringing your food. Da -da 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 yeah, that's me, I'm loading them up my arms. I've got the toilet paper under my arms and, I, and I'm, I, my record is like 23 bags, okay? And I've got the dog food on my back, you know, and I'm trying not to drop, you know what I mean? You're trying not to let the jelly fall out of the bag and bust on the concrete and you get to the door and then you got to navigate this door here and you're like, kind of trying to do it with your knee or something. And then push it, you know, and get the door open and finally get it in and set those bags down. You're like, Man. well, then you got like all those crease marks all over your arms from that. This is what some of you are doing with your burdens. You're just carrying them everywhere. And they are weighing you down. It has become a yoke of slavery to you. And the enemy's plan is for you to never set them down. And what he wants to do is drive you deeper and deeper into darkness and despair. So what's the yoke for you? What's your sticky note? That regret, that shame, that condemnation, that thing you can't, you can't, just can't get rid of. What, what's, what's your pressure point? What is it even this morning, right in the middle of Christmas, you're just reeling it around in your head and you're like, man, it's Christmas time and I just can't get this out of my head. Listen to the words of Jesus. Matthew chapter 11, he said this, my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you it's light. Think about that. His, think about that. His, his light is light. <laughs> Doesn't that sound good? So, so what, what, 
you got to do is, is you've got to take off the yoke of slavery. What happens is we take off the yoke of slavery, but then we don't take on the yoke of Christ. We don't take on the yoke of his promise, but we take off the yoke of the slavery, but you've never taken on the yoke of Christ. And then what happens to you? You know what, what happens to you? You go right back to the slavery. The Proverbs, Solomon said this in the Proverbs, like a dog returning to its vomit. Like people are looking at you going, why do you, why do you keep going back to that? Why do you keep talking about that all the time? Why do you keep living there? You're living in this Isaiah, excuse me, you're living in this Ezekiel 37 valley of dry bones. You've walked out of there, but you've not embraced the promise of God that a light will shine. That's the promise that you have to hold on to, that every time the enemy tries to shackle you back in that yoke of slavery, dragging you into darkness, you say, ha, 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 ha. The promise I have from my God is that a light will shine. A light will shine. Will you say that? A light will shine. Now say it from the depth of your soul like you mean it. A light will shine. I want to invite our worship team to come. We're going to have a, a special time of worship and communion in our candlelight. I want to go back here to Isaiah Isaiah 9, 6, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. Jesus was not, by the way, just some cute baby. He, he was the, the son of God, the promised Messiah. Listen, all authority, all power are given to Jesus. This is why we follow him. This is why we cling to his word and his promises. This is why we show up at the church. This is why we lock arms with other people that are following Jesus because we know he's the great light. He is the great light. Paul, who started many churches all around the world and wrote so many letters from the New Testament. And one of those letters that he wrote to a church in Ephesus, he said this, he's talking about Jesus here. He says, the same one who descended, so the one who came to this earth, was born as a baby, is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might, come on, say this with me, might what? Fill the entire universe with himself. This is not just a little baby in a manger. This is God himself who fills the entire universe. This is your savior. This is your light. This is the one that you put all your faith, your hope, and your trust in. He is filling the entire universe. Now to put that in perspective, I want you to think about the universe. They tell us this, the universe is too trillion known galaxies and our savior the one born in a manger fills all of those galaxies i looked up how many miles that is here's how many miles that is if you can say that number you come on because i uh i have no idea what that number is that's your savior. That's the hope. That's the one you're clinging to. He is across every one of those miles. He fills every one of those miles with his glory, his majesty, his splendor, his authority, and his power. 
There's a lot of stars. Anybody see this? There were some stars out last night. There's been some stars out this week. And uh, there's a lot of them, by the way, in the known galaxy, or excuse me, in the known universe. There's, they estimate 200 billion trillion stars. What, what I'm trying to get said here is he is the great light. Can you give him some praise for that? Come on, he is the great light. His power, his authority, his majesty, and his splendor are beyond our comprehension. Don't limit him to just being this baby in the manger. There is a story wrapped up in that. There is significance and meaning in him coming as a babe. But what I want you to see is the unlimited power that is available to you. And he knows your name. Isaiah said this, the government will rest on his shoulders. Well, now that makes sense, doesn't it? We're going into this political season, vote for this person, vote for this person, or this person, they're gonna change the world, they're gonna change the world. Listen, I got enough gray hair to know that you put whoever you want in that office, they are not gonna change the world. The world is changed by Jesus. And the people of God are the ones who change the world because the government sits on his shoulders. Only five of you believe that. You're gonna have to start believing that. You're putting way too much in the government and what Jesus is trying to tell you, quit looking to the government to solve your problems. Look to me, it's on my shoulders shoulders. The government will rest on his shoulders. He's going to be called wonderful counselor comes alongside you in your pain. He was there last night at that hospital. Praise be to God. Cause I knew I wasn't enough, but he's a counselor. <laughs> And you're, when you're all jacked up and you're messed up and you're grieving. And he said, I'm here and I want to help you. He said, he's a wonderful counselor. He's, he's mighty God. He's the everlasting father. He's the, he's the prince of peace. For those who, who are living in a land of deep darkness, a, a light will shine. My, my hope for you, my promise for you, is that you'll grab a hold of that promise. And you just keep saying it over and over again, no matter how dark it seems, no matter how hard it gets, that you'll just say, a light will shine. A light will shine. Here in just a moment, the worship team is gonna lead us in a special song. I'm gonna have you remain seated because I, I want us during the song just to sit and just take in the glory and the majesty and the splendor of who our God is. I want us to take a moment just to honor him. You know, we're gonna have some fun with family and wrap, uh, opening gifts and laughing and carrying on and so many great things with family, but I want us to just stop for just a moment. We gotta honor him. Honor him for who he is, the great light, the great light that has, has come. And, and after that, we're gonna take a time for communion and, and we're gonna do a special candlelight time together as well. Let me pray for you in this moment. Father, thank you for the great light. In this moment, we come to honor you, to recognize your splendor, your glory, and may you be honored in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
We hope this message today has encouraged and inspired you. If you don't have a church home, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. And if we can support you or encourage you or help you in any way, please use any of the links that are in the description. Thanks again for joining us online. We pray you have a great week.